Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the third season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Today's show is entitled Teens and Young Adults with Congenital Heart Defects, Rebellion, Tattoos, Piercings, and Alcohol. And our guests today are congenital heart defect survivors, Caitlin Hutchinson and Joanne. According to Focus on the Family, teen rebellion is behavior for a reason. Whether dealing with basic issues such as respect or complex issues such as at-risk behavior, parents sometimes struggle to understand a difference between healthy teenage autonomy and blatant teenage rebellion. What looks like rebellion may actually be a teen's natural itch for greater independence. Why is this important when it comes to tattoos, piercings, or the use of alcohol in teens and young adults born with congenital heart defects? I believe these subjects arouse fear and concern amongst parents of children with congenital heart defects because the act of getting a tattoo, a piercing, or indulging in alcohol can put the child at risk for infective endocarditis when it comes to tattoos and piercings and for complications from mixing alcohol when considering the drugs the patients already take to manage their congenital heart defects. Infective endocarditis is an infection in the inner lining of the heart chambers and valves. Why would tattoos and piercings put someone at risk for infective endocarditis? Because we have germs or bacteria on our skin and all around us. Piercing the skin with a needle has a chance of introducing bacteria into the bloodstream where it could be carried to the heart and cause an infection in the lining of the heart chamber. The problem with infective endocarditis is that it could be life-threatening. The symptoms are usually flu-like symptoms and are frequently treated with antibiotics. If the infection is resistant to antibiotics, that's when a real problem can occur, which might require hospitalization and even surgery. In the most extreme cases, infective endocarditis can actually be fatal. While it seemed clear in the research I did that body piercings and tattoos are strongly discouraged for patients with congenital heart defects, I found literature that acknowledged that piercings and tattoos are very popular in some cultures and are something that physicians should be told about before the patients have the procedures done. It was suggested in some of the literature that giving antibiotics before the procedures could reduce the risk of infective endocarditis, but other literature recognized that most patients didn't tell their doctors beforehand. There were anecdotal cases of problems caused by congenital heart defect patients when they had tattoos or piercings without antibiotics, but it seems that overall, the risk to the patients was minimal. Naturally, all patients have different heart defects and are on different kinds of medications to treat their heart defects, which makes recommendations for the population at large difficult. 
The information contained in this show is not intended to constitute comprehensive professional medical services or treatment of any kind. The content should not be used for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Our show should be considered as an educational service only. According to the American Journal of Dermatology, in 2004, a survey of 500 people between the ages of 18 and 50 revealed that 24% of the respondents had a tattoo and 14% had a body piercing somewhere other than their earlobe. Many people consider tattoos and piercings a form of self-expression. Some consider it evil. Tattoos and piercings have been done for thousands of years in cultures across the globe. Movie stars and rock singers frequently sport tattoos and piercings, which just increases their popularity among teens and young adults. Our guests today decided to get tattoos and piercings as young adults despite being born with a congenital heart defect. Because of the danger of infective endocarditis, this is an important topic for us to discuss in our show today. Today's show is entitled Teens and Young Adults with Congenital Heart Defects, Rebellion, Tattoos, Piercings, and Alcohol. And our guests today are congenital heart defect survivors, Caitlin Hutchinson and Joanne. Caitlin Hutchinson is 27 years old and lives in Warner Robins, Georgia with her fiancé. She was born with pulmonary atresia with intact ventricular septum. At two days old, she had surgery to repair the valve and the chest tube inserted. At four years old, she had a Blalock toxic shunt done to relieve her cyanosis or blueness. This procedure has actually prevented her from needing more open-heart surgery. Now, Caitlin rarely notices that she even has a heart defect, except when she exercises. She enjoys movies, reading, cooking, hanging out with her friends, and she loves living with her fiancé and her two pet rats. Caitlin has four tattoos, one on her right shoulder, one on her right ankle, one on her stomach, and for those of you who saw the event on Facebook, that is the picture that Caitlin allowed me to use for our event, and she also has one on her lip inside her mouth. Her ears are pierced, engaged to seven-eighths, and she has one facial piercing. Although Caitlin had doctors tell her she shouldn't have tattoos or piercings, she has never had a problem and plans on getting many more tattoos. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anne and Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad that you can make it, Caitlin. And I was shocked when you sent me all of your tattoos and piercings. Mostly I was shocked by the one that's inside your mouth because I thought that was one of the more dangerous places to actually get a tattoo. It probably is, but it didn't hurt at all, and I've had no problems, so I would do it again. Wow, it didn't hurt at all? It looks like that would be such a tender area. It did not hurt at all. I had one friend at the time who had one in his mouth, and he told me it didn't hurt at all. Just go get one, and you'll find out. And he was right. It's like you can't even feel it. It just kind of tickles. It's strange. It just kind of tickles, you say. Oh, my gosh. But now I know that that piercing. Now, what did you call it? You said it was a piercing and that you have it at 7 eighths. That's the one that's in your ear where it stretches your earlobe, right? Yes. So is it 7 eighths of an inch in diameter? Wow. Now, did that hurt? It didn't. I've been doing it for about 11 years now gauging my ears, and I did it really slowly. Some people will just mm-hmm. go to a piercer and get their holes punched in their ears, so I did not do that. It hurts sometimes, mm-hmm. but going up to this size, I actually just did it a few weeks ago. did not hurt at all. My ears are pretty stretchy now, so they heal really fast whenever I put bigger sizes in. I'm probably not going to go any bigger, though. Well, yeah, because you only have so much skin on your earlobe, so I imagine there there comes a point where you have to stop, but that is such a popular thing. In Austin, my son lives in Austin, and I live very close to Austin, so I go there usually at least once a week, and I'm stunned at how many people have those piercings, and 
It surprises yeah. me. They're all different sizes, Caitlin. <laughs> Is there a certain meaning behind the size of the gauge that you have? Not to me. For the longest time, for about two years, I was at 5 eighths because that just seemed like the right size for me. They were big enough that people would notice, but not too big to where I would hurt my earlobe. Mm-hmm. My friend recently gave me some 7 eighths, and I thought those were way too big, and I shoved them in my ear, and it didn't hurt. There's not really meaning behind it to me. I just like how they look a lot, and they're comfortable. And my ears have been infected once because I stretched them too quickly, but they haven't been mm. infected in years. I don't know. I kind of know how my body is. I know that nothing's going to happen. I just like the way they look. That's why I keep going bigger. Now, I'm hoping that when you do go for your tattoos or for your piercings, that you go to a salon or to a studio or someplace where they use sterile techniques. Because from what I read in the literature, the people who had their skin washed with alcohol before the procedure started and they used sterile needles, they didn't have many problems. I was really surprised. Do you know that more people end up with infective endocarditis, according to the one study that I read, more people get IE because of poor dental hygiene than because of tattoos or piercings? I did not know that. It's not really surprising to me, though. I always had to take antibiotics whenever I would go to the dentist because my gums would always bleed. So I can see how you could easily get an infection in your mouth. I've never had any problems with my tattoos, so. Well, that's good. Well, that's really good because you've had four. You've had them in four different places on your body, and so you didn't have a piercing in your belly button, right? That's where I understand it's the most chance of getting, or one of the highest chances of getting an infection is in your belly button. So it's good that you didn't get a piercing there, but you did get one in your nose. Isn't that right? It's kind of in between my nose and my mouth. It didn't hurt at all. I thought it was going to because it's kind of thick skin, but... I've had it done three times, actually, because I've had to either take it out because of the job or when I went swimming Mm -hmm. once, it just fell out, and they close up Mm -hmm. really fast. At least, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, my face just never heals. So I have had it done three times, because when I had it done the second time, there was scar tissue, and that did hurt a lot, but also the piercer Mm -hmm. wasn't that great. But when I had it done the third time, it didn't hurt at all, so, but... I'm hoping it's not going to fall out because I'm not getting it done the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that because you'll probably have even mm-hmm. more scar tissue and then it'll hurt even more. Yeah. Well, you had your heart surgeries a long time ago, and I'm wondering if you even remember them. I don't. I mean, I had my actual open heart surgery when I was two days old, so obviously I don't remember a thing about that. But when I was, I think, four is when I had mm-hmm. like the cardio catheter. I have scars on my legs from that. I do kind of remember that because I remember just being in a lot of pain and not being able to move mm-hmm. for a while. For the first 10 years of my life, I was in and out of the hospital, and I remember being in the hospital a lot, but luckily I don't specifically remember the surgery because I'm just really glad. I can't imagine that it was easy for me or my parents. I'm sure it was hard for your mom. <laughs> And your dad, yeah, because seeing your child in the hospital and not being able to kiss away the boo-boos and not being able to make everything better is really difficult for a parent. But it's hard for the children, too. They're awoken at all hours of the day and night with nurses and doctors coming in and poking and probing them. And it's not a happy experience for most people, although we're so thankful that we do have these open-heart surgeries and cardiac catheterizations that are available to save our children. 
children's lives. So you're willing to endure the unpleasantness to know that, look, now you can be in your 20s and you can get piercings and tattoos, even if exactly. your doctors have said, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What I love is that I actually know you through your mom because your mom wrote for the heart of a mother and she wrote about you having a normal childhood experience just like she did. She did not have a heart defect when she was born and she went off to summer camp as a teen and she has a picture of herself and then you at the same summer camp with plenty of time in between (laughs) to be normal. So I just thought that was so awesome. It seems like your mom really, really worked hard to raise you to feel normal and not to dwell too much on your heart defect. Do you think that contributed to your decision to go ahead and get the tattoos and piercings, even though your doctor warned you against it? I would have to say yes, because I never really thought about it till you asked me. I was kind of a rebellious teenager, so when my mom did tell me at first you shouldn't get piercings or tattoos, I was like, well, I'm going to anyways. But then... She paid for my first tattoo. That was my graduation present. So she kind of let me know that it was okay as long as she could approve of the tattoo. So obviously the ones I got after that she wasn't so thrilled about, but I was over 18, so it was okay. But other than when I had to have my yearly checkups, we never talked about me having a heart problem ever. I knew in school I couldn't really do certain things in PE and I wasn't allowed to play sports. But other than that, I never really thought about it. So as I grew up and... I guess a lot of the bands that I listened to, they had piercings and tattoos, and some of my friends were getting them. I was just like, well, I'm going to do mm-hmm. that, too. It just was no question. So, wasn't even a question for you. You just knew it was something you wanted to do. I think my older son right. is the same way. He wanted a tattoo, and he told me, Mom, once you get one, it's like it's addictive. Then you have to get more, <laughs> and you're always planning yeah. for your next tattoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. I mean... It is for me. I just wish I had more money to get more. If I definitely, if I had more money, I would probably have at least one sleeve on my arm. Although my fiance doesn't want me to do that, but there's so many ideas that I have that I just want more. But the older I get, if I don't get them soon, I may not get them at all. So I don't know. I want more. <laughs> just I'm not sure. <laughs> well, do you have any regrets regarding any of the piercings or the tattoos that you got, aside from maybe not going to that one lady who didn't do a good job with your piercing? Right. I don't have any regrets because I never had any problems with any of my tattoos. They all heal really nicely. I took care of them properly. Some people, it's their fault if they get an infection because they're not going to clean it properly. But the only time I ever had an infection was in my ears, and that was my fault, just not taking care of them. So it was never anything that someone else did. So I don't regret them. I don't know, like the birds that are on my stomach, I love them. I loved them a lot more when I was 19 when I got them. They're nothing that I'm embarrassed of. Like I'm glad that I don't have any really weird or ugly tattoos that I would have to get covered up or removed because I know a lot of people that have done that and just not pleasant. Yeah, I, I think the that. tattoo removal is rather painful. I'm not going to worry about that. I don't want to know. With the birds are pretty. That's the one that I used for the Facebook event, and I chose it because it is so pretty. It's it's kind of big, though, isn't it? It is. They don't really look like that anymore, the color. I was glad that I took that picture when I did because it was right after I got them, and it was super bright, and I love them. I mean, that was definitely my biggest tattoo, and that was the one that hurt the most, and I'll never forget it. I always wanted one on my stomach because I told myself, if you get a tattoo on your stomach, then you have to stay in shape. Kind of like my, <laughs> like it keeps me motivated to exercise and stuff. And eh, it's kind of worked. I don't know. But that was like my, <laughs> that was my motivation for getting a stomach tattoo. And 
it helps, I guess. Okay, well, that's good to know why you got it there. Why did you get the one on your ankle? Is that the one your mom got you? No, the one on my shoulder, the heart was the one that my mom got. She wanted me to get one that obviously had some sort of meaning and that she approved of, so... The one on my ankle was the second one that I got, and I got it shortly after I graduated high school. I loved Snoopy. I've always loved peanuts ever since I was born, so that's why I was like, I have to get a Snoopy tattoo. Most likely, I'm going to end up adding on to that. I want to get Woodstock and Schroeder. If you do Schroeder, you have to do the piano, and that's a lot more ink. (laughs) Yes. It'll be small, though. I figured I would get, like, all the peanuts characters around my ankle or something, around both ankles. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it hurts. I'm not going to lie, it hurt because it's right on the bone, but it only took right. about 10 minutes to do. It was really quick, oh. so I was like, ah, I can handle this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on the show and sharing with us. Now it's time for a commercial break, but don't leave yet. Up next, we have a chance to meet another CHD survivor who also rebelled as a teen and young adult. Find out what she did and what event made her realize she needed to change her life when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we've been talking with CHD survivors Caitlin Hutchinson and Joanne. Joanne was born in London in 1972. At four years of age, while visiting her baby brother in the hospital while he recovered from surgery for Tetralogy of Fallot, she was spotted by a nurse who was concerned about her color. Tests led to a diagnosis of pulmonary atresia and a large ventricular septal defect or VSD. Joanne had two Waterston shunts, but never had her VSD repaired. In Joanne's teen years and early 20s, she behaved like her peers, drinking, smoking, and partying. She didn't think about her heart unless she had a checkup, and then she was reminded she shouldn't be doing those things. Otherwise, she had no idea that what she was doing was bad for her. She figured since everyone else was able to do those things, she could too. It wasn't until Joanne's brother died in 1992 of complications from his congenital heart defect that Joanne stopped and completely reversed her life. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Joanne. Oh, hello, Anna. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be talking to you today about this very important subject. And one of the reasons I was happy to have you on the show is because I think you have a more seasoned outlook on what this topic addresses. It must have been quite a shock to lose your brother when you were so young. You must have only been 19 or 20 years old when he passed away. Can you tell us how that event changed your life? Oh, yeah. I was actually, I was 20. And after the initial shock of him actually passing away, because he wasn't in hospital or nothing, we knew that he had complications. He was on lots of medication. And one day he was just out with his friends and we got a knock on the door from the police telling us that he had died in the street. So Mm -hmm. after that, period of the grief I can't explain how bad it was then it turned my fear turned to my own self illness my own heart defects I suffered from post-traumatic stress syndrome for a few years mm-hmm. I wouldn't even take painkillers at one point I just really 
stop. I did eventually start getting better again after quite a, a couple of years and started to sort of live my life again. I still get it sometimes, but that's what happened really. So I decided a lot of things that I wasn't having children. I still done a few things, but it wasn't as much as I used to do. And then eventually I started to get better and start living my life again. But it took a while. Um, it took time to get back on track. Yeah. So yeah. as a teenager, um, when your friends were out partying, did you have any voice in the back of your head saying, oh, I shouldn't do this, I have a heart defect? No, not really. You know, from the age of 14, 15, I just started going with it, you know, um, going out, drinking, smoking, you know, going to clubs and pubs and things like that. Do like you ever else. remember your doctor telling you that smoking or drinking wouldn't be a good idea for you? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I knew. I, when I had appointments to get checkups, I was petrified. I never told them what I was doing. I was just thought they would be able to find out by x-rays and, and they would say, we know you shouldn't be smoking. But at that age, you just don't think of things like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I want to do it. I was just doing it. It was just, everyone was doing it, so you've done it. And was your brother also involved in those No, because he was a, a bit younger than me, and he used to get quite tired a lot because of his condition. So, no, he didn't ever do anything like that. So did you ever get a tattoo? I didn't get my tattoo until I was in my 20s. This was after my brother died, and I'd been through my terrible time, and I'd come out the other side, and I was a lot better. I felt a lot better in myself, um, so that's when I got three, actually. But I did stop smoking, and I wouldn't go out as much, and things like that. And you stopped doing it after your brother passed away? You realized you needed to stop doing those things? I was so petrified that it was going to happen to me, so I did. That was the reason that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, you're much more mature now. Some time has passed, and I'm sure you see things differently than you do now. Can you tell our listeners how you felt when you were a teen and a young adult about the piercings, the tattoos, the drinking and the partying, versus how you feel about those activities today? Well, I'm not saying that people shouldn't enjoy their life, but you should take caution. You've got to remember that you have got a health issue, and... Just think about it. You know, no one's telling you to stop doing things. Think about what you're doing. And there are risks out there for any teenagers. But you've just got that little bit more. So you've just got to take a little bit more notice. Mm-hmm. So you didn't tell your doctor when you were getting a tattoo, and I'm assuming you didn't take antibiotics, prophylactic? No, I didn't. I didn't, no. But I would now. Did I you have now. any complications from those tattoos? No, no. Any Lucky enough, I didn't. No? No, no, nothing. But even if I go to the dentist and they say, oh, you don't need antibiotics, I will demand them. (laughs) So really, I should have took the antibiotics if I was going to get anything like that done. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any piercings? Yeah, my first ones when I was seven and my mum had to get permission from the hospital and I think I had to take antibiotics then. And then Mm -hmm. all the rest I've done myself... Mm-hmm. apart from my nose piercing, which I got later on. And again, I didn't take antibiotics for any of that. And I wouldn't do it now without taking antibiotics. Mm-hmm. But once again, you were lucky. You didn't have any complications from your piercing? Yeah. 
Well, that's good. And that actually confirms what I read in the research. There were a few anecdotal episodes where people had problems, but for the most part, people didn't tell their doctors, they didn't take the antibiotics, and they didn't have any problems. So it's good to know that it's not a given that if you get a tattoo or if you get a piercing, you're definitely going to have a problem. That's not a given. And in fact, if you go to a place that uses very sterile procedures and uses clean needles, that minimizes the risk that are involved. Thank you, Joanne. It's time for another quick commercial break, but don't leave yet. When we come back, we'll find out what final advice Joanne and Caitlin have for teens or young adults who have congenital heart defects. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we've been talking with CHD survivors, Caitlin Hutchinson and Joanne. I want to thank both of my guests, Caitlin and Joanne, for coming on Heart to Heart with Anna. And we have just a couple moments left, and I'd like to ask Caitlin and Joanne both what advice they would like to give to teens or young adults who are considering getting a tattoo. I don't have kids, and I probably never will, so I don't really give too many kids or teens advice on anything, but I would tell them my experience with piercings and tattoos, and I would pretty much say the same thing that I would say to their parents. Don't necessarily do it behind your parents' back. Definitely ask for permission. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're over 18, though, you don't really need permission. It's kind of based on what your parents' rules are and if you live with them or not, but I would just say do your research. If you have friends, or maybe family members who have tattoos, I would just say ask someone who's a little bit older than you. Ask them what their experience was, and maybe ask them where they got their tattoos done. Go to some place that they can recommend or someone who they can trust. Because if you just look online or look in the phone book or whatever and just take the first tattoo place that you find, it may not always be the best. The place where I got all my tattoos actually is closed now. I don't know. know why. But come to find out it wasn't the best place in town. I mean, like I said, I've never had any problems or anything, but now, since tattoos are super mainstream, there's so many tattoo parlors in town, Mm -hmm. and obviously in bigger cities, there's going to be even more, and there's just certain places that people know to go and people know not to go, so you just need to ask around and do your research before you do anything, because the last thing you want is a really horribly done tattoo or an infection. Right, right. That's a good point. I'm curious what advice you would give to parents of teens or young adults who decided, I want to have a piercing or I want to have a tattoo. I want to do what my friends are doing, even if those parents know that having a child with a heart defect puts them at risk. What would you tell a parent? Well, I would just tell the parent to research the place where they're going, make sure they've got a clean record, make sure that they use clean needles, equipment, etc., and also let the child know, look, you're a little bit more at risk than anyone else, and I want to make sure that you're aware of this. If you're going to do it, I'm going to get you some antibiotics you should take, but, you know, I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm just saying, like, let's get the best possible route for you to do it. 
You know, that is absolutely perfect. When I was looking at the Focus on the Family website where they talked about teen rebellion, that's exactly what they recommended the parents do, that they have to acknowledge that their teens are going to grow up, they're going to assert their independence, and the more you say no, the more they're going to want it. So instead of saying no, 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 do what you just said. Make sure the place is clean. Make sure they're using sterile equipment. Make sure that the child has antibiotics if the child needs it. And to be there as a resource for that child so that they're not doing it alone and so that they're aware that you know. And if there is a problem and you do have a fever after that or you do have some flu-like symptoms, then the parent isn't bewildered why this happened. They know that the child had a tattoo or a piercing and they can take them for help right away. So what you advised is exactly what Focus on the Family advises that parents do. So kudos to you. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. The information contained in our show is not intended to constitute comprehensive professional medical services or treatment of any kind. The content should not be used for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Our show should be considered as an educational service only. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time. Until then, please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. We'll talk again next week.